biscuits and gravy. Hello, boys. What does LP stand for? Lizard people! Nazi whale margarine pirates! So far, I've had seven McRibs. Whole pot pie. I'm the prognosticator of prognosticators. <laughs> like a slaughterhouse sangria. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good morning and aloha, biscuiteers. You're listening to the Biscuits and Gravy Show here on 88.5 KKU, the voice of gravy. And you're probably wondering, why are you hearing my voice right now instead of uh, Chuck? And it's because... Chuck's birthday is coming up soon, and so he's in Las Vegas right now. Isn't that fun? And uh, he's having a great time out there. And so I decided to uh, step in, and now I'm hosting the show. And it's big time. Yeah. And as a special added bonus, my good friend here who's filling in for my seat over here, John Quigley. Hi. How you doing? This is These are big shoes to fill over here. Yeah, that's true. So, <laughs> John, you are a musician from Philadelphia. I am, and I just happened to be in town, and I got this advantage or this yeah. opportunity because Chuck wasn't here. Right. So but maybe not... Chuck should go away more often. Uh, yeah, and I should come out more often. That would be nice. <laughs> this is your second time out to Maui. This is. Yeah, I came out last year for your wedding. Bought this shirt for my wedding. For your wedding. Well, thanks for dressing up. And for got the radio to wear it show. again here. Uh, on this trip as well right well we do appreciate you being here let's do a little housekeeping here at the beginning of the show uh i should say that you can listen to us live every wednesday at 11 on kku fm the voice of gravy that's 88.5 and you can also watch us live on channel 55 on a kaku say hi to the people at home <laughs> how's it going guys also you can check out all of our past episodes of the biscuits and gravy show if you go to biscuitwars.com and you can listen to all the episodes for free. You can also go on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts, and just look up Biscuits and Gravy 808. You can listen to all the past episodes. Isn't that great? Fantastic. Now, you have the distinction of being one of the co-members of the hit Philadelphia band Sea People. I am, yeah. Um, and you are the other one? That, that is true. Yeah, so technically, you're calling me a, a musician... Is a very loose use of the term. Well, you're, I would say I'm you're really more just, of a musician than I am. Right, well, I'm really just your friend that's here hanging out. And we... <laughs> and we <laughs> it's not like I'm in town playing some shows and you're like, oh, let's get a musician on. I'm really just your friend. But yeah, we we uh, we have our musical past. Yeah. The Sea People, the, the South Sea Park People. punk band. It was a, uh, a band that did punk covers of South Park songs. Of South Park songs, inspired by the very end of the original South Park movie. When Guar did, what would Brian Boitano do? That's true. And I thought to myself, man, there's a lot of other South Park songs that should be played in that in that vein. And at first I thought it was a stupid idea. <laughs> well, and then did. the more I thought about it, the more I realized, actually, that might be genius. <laughs> right. And so we did it. And it was hysterical. For our own amusement. And it caught an, uh, a little bit of a swell in the internet one time yeah. one little blip on the radar and we were featured by the av club and we were thrilled about it we can't stop talking about it from now till forever speaking of the internet there's a lot of people out there that have one question on their minds that they want to know you if you could have sex with any dinosaur what dinosaur would you have sex with that's that's on the internet people are interested in that yeah i'm getting a lot of uh text messages and uh posts here of people are clamoring to find this out so what would one do 
Well, do I get to be? Am I a person or am I a dinosaur? You're a dinosaur scenario? in this scenario. Oh, I'm a dinosaur. <clears throat> in this scenario, okay. Um, what dinosaur do you picture yourself as? I mean, who wouldn't want to be a raptor? They look like they're having the most fun. They're pretty cool. They've kind of got the best of uh, of all of it. They've got the speed, the aggression, and it's not too much of a like a lumbering existence, right? And so you'd probably want to have sex with like a female, a lady raptor. Yes, I think that would. If I was all a right. dinosaur. Now, if you were a human, if <laughs> if I was a human, I think that I would have to go with a dinosaur that was size appropriate. Okay. Whichever one would be the closest to my size and... So you're basing yeah. it on size and not yeah. It's like about appeal. size and not appeal, right. It's about cloaca diameter? Correct. Okay. That is a very good way of putting it. <laughs> I think that's that would be a good deciding factor for, for my choice. Um, we <laughs> want to give a shout out to uh, Open Mic at Vibe every Tuesday night. If... <laughs> If you think you're funny or you want to see comedians honing their craft, that's how we go to the gym. And don't let Vince intimidate you. Don't let Vince <clears throat> intimidate you. Because he's or such Chuck. A veteran. Yeah, don't be intimidated by the veterans. Right. <laughs> and then eventually you'll be seasoned like a veteran. Uh, we also want to give a shout out to Venture Physical Therapy. They're more than great coats. Actually, they don't have any coats at all. Venture Physical Therapy is mostly physical therapy. But... The- <laughs> <laughs> they uh, they're doing a great job out there, and uh, they are Ted and his wife Anne are some of the biggest supporters of the arts. Uh, they're supporting Moku Moku and uh, Trish the Dish and the Biscuits and Gravy Show and all kinds of cool stuff. So we love those guys over there. And uh, I do want to mention something on a serious note before we get more into talking about having sex with dinosaurs. <laughs> um, Dana Carvey's son Dex Carvey just passed away. And so I just want to say R.I.P. and uh, give a little shout out to Dex Carvey. He was a he was also a comedian, and you may have seen him on Dana Carvey's most recent stand-up special. He actually opened up for his dad, Dana Carvey, and he was a pretty good comedian in his own right and a great guy. I got to meet him and hang out with him a couple times, and he was just a genuinely nice person. And so uh, R.I.P. Dex Carvey. Was, How did you initially like your initial inroad to meeting him or getting to know him? At uh, he he lives in L.A. actually, and uh, he was also acquaintances with Willie Simon, as you know, who's a longtime Maui comedian. Uh, he's al- he's also doing comedy like full time out in L.A. right now, and so he he met him through him, and that's how I that's how I got linked up with Dex Carvey, and I got to meet him a couple times when he would come out to Maui, and so genuinely nice guy. He's going to be missed. Uh, Nick Swartzen is coming to Maui in January. Are you a Nick Swartzen fan? You strike me as one. I'm <clears throat> I'm somewhere in the middle. But yes, I'm more on the being a fan of him than not being a fan of him. I was a longtime fan of him when I was like younger. Yeah. And then I remember him doing like a Comedy Central Presents. Correct. There that was, was really good. There was one particular routine that I would actually like to dig up because I haven't listened to it in a while. But there was a time. I feel like I remember getting into Brian Regan. And Nick Swartzen at the same time because they both had like a good Comedy Central Presents right. thing. Yeah. And so whatever that half hour was, I loved it. And then he, he kind of meddles around. It's like a hit and miss with whether or not his little, you know, his shtick is funny or not. If he was coming to Maui, I'd go see him. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I saw him uh, the last time he came to Maui. Yeah. And he was super funny. Yeah. He's, he's a... He has a story about him getting really drunk and then... I was just going to say he's a big drinker. A lot of his stuff is surrounding like him getting trashed. 
Yeah. yeah. And he, well, last time he was on Maui, he got trashed over at Mulligan's and he <laughs> ended up passing out on the golf course and got woken up by the sprinklers the next morning. Really? Yeah. So he didn't have some, he didn't have a, a Mac mittens in his corner to make sure he wasn't getting into trouble. <laughs> <laughs> not not that particular time. You, you need somebody to make sure that you don't do that if you're a B-level celebrity. Right. Or, you know, it makes for a good story. <laughs> for for you. He had a story about getting so drunk that I think he pooped on the floor at his friend's house. Mm-hmm. But uh, his his friend blamed the dog. <laughs> and it ended up leading to a huge, like, blow-up argument between the friend and his girlfriend. And they ended up breaking up over... <laughs> over him pooping on the floor? <laughs> over him pooping on the floor. He could, like, never come up and admit it. He So he let it stay. He, he let it be. I mean, I think he he passed a Rubicon at some point where you can't you can't go back and and fix that, right? I guess not. Depending on like where the relationship between those two people stands, Sometimes, you could step in and like, be like, "Enough times passed that my embarrassment is gone. I need to to fix this. I need to let you guys know, or let the dude know. Be like, hey, I have a piece of information that might help you. That might help. But you. if you're happy to be out of this relationship, let's just leave, blame it on the poop." Well, I mean, like, when you have a blow-up argument like that, certain things are going to be said, and certain decisions are going to be made that can't be taken back. Right. There might be things that get said because of the poop. Yeah. Yeah. And so maybe that was just the catalyst as well. (laughs) Yeah, that was... (laughs) I really like Nick Swartzen's bit where he's talking about how how strong his grandma thought he was. Yeah, okay. Because he could lift up a gallon of milk. She's like, like, oh! Lift up this gallon of milk. He's like, you mean this, this gallon, gallon of milk, milk right grandma? here? Yeah. Like, oh, Nicholas. Nicholas. Yeah, I rem- I wish like if I started watching that routine again, it would all come back to me. But that's the routine that it's from that I definitely like. Yeah. That's probably my favorite Nicholas. Nick Swartzen joke of all time, and he wrote it like twenty years ago. But okay, he's still funny. I'm trying to remember some of the other stuff. But yeah, there's other grandma related stuff he too. Briefly had a show, and he had a character that was a gay robot. Also, yeah, which he, was really funny. What did he? Isn't isn't he also talking about in that routine about like oh yeah the grandma thing where he's like let's listen to some music and she puts that like like some music <laughs> and then he's like when I'm old I'm gonna be putting on you know Dre or whatever yeah when I'm in my what 70s. happened to grandpa how did he die oh he flipped the vet right exactly yes all that stuff <laughs> that routine's really good so yeah Nick Swartzen's good. how about well you're a big comedy fan what do you uh, give me a good Brian Regan bit that you like oh goodness the the landed on the moon thing that he's got his original routine even before that comedy central presents the i landed on the moon yeah so he's like you ever been at a dinner party and somebody's going me 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 stock exchange blah 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 like talking about how important they are and then the people who have landed on the moon can just sit there and let them talk and let them talk and then eventually just goes I landed on the moon. <laughs> and he starts talking about like the uh, the traffic on the uh, serene pool or whatever of the moon. He's, he's like, <laughs> the all sea of tranquility. The sea of tranquility. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. so yeah, that whole landed on the moon bit is really great. But he's he's got a ton of them. Uh, I like when he's talk- like, who came up, who named the walkie talkie? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like some military guy's like, I walkie and I talkie. I walkie and I talkie. And that bomb over there is called the Blammy Kablamma or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> the Whammy Kablammy. Something like that. My yeah. favorite Brian Regan joke is probably about ants, where he's like, they say that uh, ants are really strong because they can lift a thousand times their own weight, but ants don't weigh anything. You know what zero <laughs> times a thousand is? Nothing. I'm not impressed. Yeah, man. He's the best. And he's I, stuck with it, you know what I mean? Like, he's he's probably put his best, best stuff behind him. But every time you see him, he's still, like, 
putting out quality stuff, even though there's a bunch of expectations on him now. Right. And he still manages. And he's never to really dirty. Also, not he's just kind of yeah. like clean and goofy and clever. And, and he's made yeah. a whole career out of that. There's a really good comedians and cars getting coffee episode with Brian Regan. I think I've seen so it. Yeah. If you if you're a fan of that show, definitely check out the Brian Regan episode. I have. He that's one of the ones I like. And that's always such a good insight into how cool that they are, the comedy. If they have a good episode of Comedians in Cars, it usually, like, ups their stock in my mind. Yeah, there's a couple really good ones. Uh, Norm MacDonald, Stephen Colbert had a really good episode. Yeah. Larry David was actually re- not surprisingly really not good. Surprisingly, but he yeah. makes Larry David spit coffee out of his mouth, like, live. <laughs> like, a live spit take because they're talking about the fact that Larry David doesn't – like, he eats like a bird. Right. And so Jerry's like, show me, tell me the Larry David debauched, the debauched, the debauched Larry. Larry David. And the fact that he used the word debauched for some reason really struck Larry David. Debauchery is a great word. A great word. And Larry David clearly likes it. So he like spits his coffee out and they're like talking about the deba- um, debauchery. I always talk about debauchery because uh, I may have told you this before, but Maui, a lot of people who live in Hawaii go to Las Vegas. A lot, and it's so much so that they call it the Ninth Island. They call Las Vegas the Ninth Island because that's where we all go. Because I always get tourists asking me, when you live in paradise, where do you go on vacation? And the answer is, unanimously, Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Especially because because Maui in particular is very conservative as an island. We have extremely strict liquor laws, no strip clubs. Um, I was actually going to ask you that. About (laughs) where's all the strip clubs? Well, I was sitting at the bar looking at that hot chicken and and, and by myself – when we got back from camping, right, and I was just looking at her, going, "Eventually, in my brain, are there strip clubs on Maui?" Yeah, um, there are <laughs> strip clubs on Oahu, but there are no strip clubs on Maui, unfortunately. Although we do have uh, an app for our phones here that tells you whenever there's a a, stri- a stripper nearby. It's called Amber Alert. <laughs> ding, ding ding ding! Let's play some sound effects. Zinger! Here's one you might recognize. Love gravy. Ooh. So we we like to play a lot of uh, biscuit and or gravy related sound effects. I don't know. Doctors if... have been telling us to drink eight glasses of gravy a day. I... Biscuit is right here. <laughs> I hate Limp Biscuit for the record. Well, they're an easy target. I'm not going to trash Limp Biscuit right now. But uh, well, back to Love Gravy. I don't think anybody's going to like disagree with you. Be well, like, no, they've kind of had a renaissance. Not uh, to Have a degree, they? a little bit, dude. Like they, I think they're touring with like a couple of other really corny. As 90s a matter bands. of fact, see, I always get mad when people don't consult me for naming ideas because there's so many good. Like there's a s'mores flavored Oreo, and it's not called Smorio, and it yeah. makes me really mad. Yeah, Limp Biscuit went on tour with Young Gravy, and they didn't call it the Biscuit and Gravy tour. And it made me so mad. Gone. I don't yeah. understand why people don't ask me before they name things. I don't know either. You need to get a better PR person or, you know, somebody out there doing work for you. But it's, yeah, it's sad. So Limp Bizkit decided to put together some tour and I didn't look much into it. But my vague conception of it is that they're playing and people are acting like they didn't suck just because of <laughs> just because of nostalgia. Now, now here's you know? the question: Is it completely nostalgia? People are like, "Hey, I haven't seen, I haven't listened to Limp Bizkit since 2002. Mm. They're touring. Let's go see them." Or is it like pe- younger people being like, "My dad listens to Limp Bizkit." No, no, no. I believe that the primary people that are going are the old people who. Or get is it nostalgia. people that have been listening to Limp Bizkit the whole time? I, if there's any the people background. like that that are actually out there, 
Because is there is there a gap in their discography? I don't know. Have they know. been releasing albums? I sincerely doubt it. Guys, if you know anything about Limp Bizkit's <clears throat> discography, give us a call, 808-873-3435. So that we can hang up on you for knowing. So we... <laughs> <laughs> a... we found them. Go get them. That's a trap. We found the Limp Bizkit people. Get them. Get them. Get them. <laughs> get these people out of here. They're poisoning the gene pool. <laughs> uh, here, Actually, here's another fun sound effect I'll play for you. Let's see if you can tell me where this is from. I think you All might right. get it. You're on a gravy train with biscuit wheels. Oh, God. Uh, it's a good one. It, no, no, I should know it right off the top of my head. I'm just being put on the spot. So, uh, it's, is that Jeff? It's not Jeff Daniels. Who is saying that? You're on a gravy train with biscuit it's wheels. It's Bill Murray oh, saying it. Oh, it's Bill it. Murray in... It is... Okay, so it's Bill Murray in Kingpin. That is correct. Yes. Big Earn is finally above the law. Yeah. I, dude, I love when he's sitting there with Woody Harrelson and, and he's like... Supplemental income, like, they, and, just, and Bill Murray eventually goes, "Go finish that outside." <laughs> and the waitress comes up and he's like, "Hun, wash off that perfume before you come back." <laughs> that sarcastic scene is he's, one of my favorites. Yeah, in Kingpin. that's that's where Bill Murray thrives is Absolutely. being like a low key, dry humor, rude to people. Yeah, but just even really. though that's not how he is in real life. And Groundhog Day came up yesterday or at some point on my trip, and you just had it in the open, too. I'm like, how many times is the prognosticator of prognosticators? Yes, not many people get that reference. I was like, how many times is uh, Groundhog Day going to come up? Yeah, but Chuck is the prognosticator of prognosticators. We've predicted the future many times. More so than Punxsutawney Phil? More times than Punxsutawney <laughs> Phil. I went to Punxsutawney for Groundhog Day one time. I know. It's in Pennsylvania. I did. I went out there and, and it was... And they do like you know, the whole thing like in the movie, like people are hanging out and dancing and partying. Correct. And, and they go to see the Groundhog. It is what they do. But I went out there. It was like a trip where I was going to see a band play and going to the Groundhog Day thing. And it was it was disappointing. Okay. It was. I wanted it to because be awesome. Because he didn't... Because he saw his shadow? Or no. because you were like, what am I doing with my life? No, I went... Out, no, I was I was glad to be there. Okay. And I needed it as a bucket list thing. Right. So I was like, no matter what happens here, I'm still going to be glad I went. But in terms of it having that like festive vibe, not really. And I think that enough people went out there and caused problems alcohol-wise that they started making it a sectioned off area where the actual thing takes place. And you have to be there like overnight and it's February in, and it's colder than all hell. Yeah. So it's freezing cold. You're not allowed to bring alcohol into that place anymore where they're actually having the groundhog reveal. Right. And it's just a bunch of hicks freezing cold in a field. Standing around to yeah. see a rat. <laughs> a rat. <laughs> Predicting the weather. <laughs> it's one of the... when he. <laughs> this is well, one time when live like TV fails to capture the magic of a large squirrel predicting the weather. <laughs> Uh, and that's one of the things about Maui is that we tend to be a little bit more on the conservative side. And so when we need to break loose, that's why we all go to go Vegas. Because we right. go to Vegas, we do the gambling and the strip clubs and the drinking. And I like to say the debauchery. The we, debauched. We get it all debauched. out of our system. And then we right. come back to paradise and uh, get to chill back and, out. And we're good for another six months. Yes. Debauchery to me is always associated with um, like some kind of a Roman empire. That's where I think the word came from. It didn't exist until like Nero did what he did and they needed to make up a word for it. Yeah, or like Caligula. Caligula is actually the one I was going for. Yeah. yeah. That's debauchery, what that guy's doing. Whatever that guy's doing is Caligula. That's it. Caligula-esque. <laughs> Today's show is brought to us by, here, why don't you read this one, one of our celebrity sponsors. No, I like this one better. It's brought to you by uh, Sylvester Stallone Speech Therapy Center. 
for when your speech skills are a little rocky. Very good. I That's wanted to do a Philadelphia, Philadelphia reference. Absolutely. Today's show is brought to us by Kim Kardashian sunscreen. Nobody knows more about getting pounded by rays than Kim Kardashian. <laughs> <laughs> or Travis Barker, if that's the one. Also brought to you by Jason Bateman's Fishing Supplies. A master fisherman needs a master bait, man. Now read the first one that I read to you. Christoph Waltz's dance studio. Do you want to tango like Django? <laughs> You'll be an inglorious dancer. You'll be an inglorious dancer. Down at Christoph. Now, uh, Travis Barker is dating... He dated one of the Kardashians. It wasn't Kim Kardashian. Listen, I don't know the difference between the Kardashians, and I'm proud of that. Well, that's good. Yeah. That's a good thing. I do not uh, want to know. All you need to know to get that joke is that Kim Kardashian got famous because she was in a – she had a sex tape Something that got released tape, right. of her with Ray J. Wow. What an accomplishment. <laughs> Shouldn't we all be in awe of these freaking people? And her dad was part of OJ's defense team. Right, which I only knew because of the... Her dad is Robert Shapiro. No, it's... Right. Or it's David Schwimmer. <laughs> Her dad is David Schwimmer. <laughs> Her dad's David Schwimmer, dude. Who played, yeah, uh, yeah. Rob Rob Kardashian? Whoever it was. Yeah. But... Maybe Tony. Tony! Who was Travis Barker? Which Kardashian was Travis Barker dating? Or is. He's still or dating is. for all I know. Or is married to. Yeah. No one knows. Courtney? Courtney? I don't even know their names. Yeah, I, I'm so... I, I, I like... Line in the sand. I don't so you want know to know that Kim Kardashian actually takes after her father in the effect that they both got famous by getting black men off. There you go. Yeah. Well, there's too much truth in it to be all that funny. Or she, she's a lot like Steve Irwin because they were both impaled by rays. <laughs> Today's show is brought to us by Beyonce's Homemade Preserves. I don't think you're ready for this jelly. <laughs> uh, by Leonardo DiCaprio's guillotines. That's a good one. Get decapitated with DiCaprio. All right. And now you're going to read this, and then I'm going to shout out the tagline <laughs> with you. All right. Matt Damon's exorcisms need to get out the demons. Get, get out, out the, the demons. demons. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. <laughs> now, uh, you are on vacation here on Maui. Uh, and have you had a good time so far? This is your second time out here. Did you, we got most of the touristy stuff done. I wanted to make sure that you did all the touristy stuff while you were here. Yes. Uh, so the first time you were here, we did the volcano, mm -hmm. and uh, we went to Little Beach. And we jumped off of, what was the one where we jumped into, like, the smaller pool? We went uh, we went to Twin Falls, Twin Falls, and we did, like, a little waterfall jump over there. Yep. And we also went to Cliff House yes. as well, and we jumped off into the ocean. And I never told you that when I got out of the, when I was getting out of the ocean, you know how you have to kind of, like, let the wave kind of pick you up onto right. the rocks? I smacked the side of my foot on one of those rocks so bad. Every... That I'm pretty sure I fractured the side of my foot because it hurt for months. Oh, wow. And, and I didn't want to admit it. I was like, oh, that kind of hurt. I'm like, Jesus, really hurt. I Ev smack my foot on the rock. Everybody hurts themselves at Cliff House. Every... <laughs> well, I did it and <laughs> didn't want to admit it. I've Every time I go to Cliff House, I either cut my foot or stub my toe or something. Every every single person that I know that's gone to Cliff House has like sliced their foot open or something like that. Well, they, they can. <clears throat> I also sliced my hand when we were at Twin Falls. Unfortunately, I always have band-aids in my wallet, which was something that came about from being a drummer where after a show, right. I, my my fingers would always be worn down from mm -hmm. playing drums and so yeah. I would like it would always be good to have a band-aid in my wallet to like put that on there. And then it became so useful and it came in handy so many times to have a band-aid on me 
that I would always have like two Band-Aids in my wallet. <laughs> and then when I went to Cliff House, I cut myself and put a Band-Aid on. And I was like, all right, I'm down to one Band-Aid. And then when Uh-oh. I went to Twin Falls, I cut myself again. I was like, thank God I had two Band-Aids on me. So do you have two Band-Aids on you right now? I probably have at least one Band-Aid on me right now. But I, right. Have, I do have about 10 $2 bills. And because, a condom. Because people... <laughs> Here, two, there you go. Two band-aids. Two band-aids. He speaks gonna, the truth. He's going to hold it up to the camera. He speaks I got the two truth. Two band-aids on me right now. And they're like <laughs> CVS brand band-aids. I don't even know where. There's not even a CVS on island. CVS oh. out here actually is, what is, is Long's, Long's, right? Yeah. Which That's is the same thing in California. Long's actually started in California. And then they got acquired by CVS. But because Long's had such a good brand name recognition yeah. uh, in California, in Hawaii, they decided to keep it as as longs we also did the road to hana for the first time yes we did that we went snorkeling we did snorkeling but i think uh road to hana is one of those things that you just got to do and then we camped out over at seven sacred pools yeah well i don't uh, we get all the touristy stuff i want to feel like a little bit more than your average tourist well ever i think everyone just wants to a feel little that bit way. i know and every time we keep going over these things that are cool and it's like yeah they're real touristy i'm like yeah but they were really cool too yeah well they are cool yeah well, it, well something that you did that most people don't do is uh, we we camped out and we also took mushrooms Ooh, we and, did and had a good time we did do that so most tourists just kind of load their fat kids up into the car and <laughs> do the road to hana and then go home but uh, you had what I would say is more of a quintessential Road to Hana camp out experience here on Maui. Yes, it was wonderful. Minus the flat tire. Minus the flat tire. We did yeah. get a flat tire on the we way did back. change a tire on the side of we the road. change a tire. Yeah. The best view to have while changing a tire possibly in the world. Yeah, we're right by the windmills <laughs> on the backside. So it really wasn't that bad. Yeah. Nobody's ever taken pictures while changing, while changing. a tire before. <laughs> Look at that, honey. This is memorable. I don't want to forget <laughs> this. We're changing a tire. Yeah, that's probably one of the coolest views you ever will have of cha- while you're while, changing, while a tire. changing a tire. Um, but and it, I, to my dismay, my donut that I had in my car was also underinflated. So we're driving home not only on a donut but on underinflated donut. So let this be a lesson to you guys. When you go home tonight, look at the donut in your car if you got a spare tire. Make sure it's inflated. Make sure it's all the way inflated. Make sure it's all the way inflated. Because I'm sure it was at some point, but it could sit in there for years just naturally. Just waiting just to have been used, yeah. And somebody, slowly deflating. Somebody probably has not checked the pressure on that tire in possibly 10 years. Yeah, and so it certainly did the job. But then, you, so we're coming down, and you get to the first place where there should be someone to assist you to put some air in your tire. The first gas a station. A little, little Japanese lady sitting in a hut, practically, with a gas pump. You'd think one of the things she had was to help somebody coming off a super long, super windy, super rocky road. You'd think she'd <laughs> run into tire issues from time to time. I guess for her, gas is enough. I guess so, because I was like, you an air pump? No. All right, well, have fun sitting here in solitude, not even helping the people that need the help. And I also own, like, a portable air compressor that you can plug into your cigarette lighter. Yeah. And it wasn't in my car. Yeah. And I was like, why do I own this and not keep it in my car? So now it's in my car for sure. You can be you can be assured of that, that I have that in my car along with my jumper cables, my gas can, my... We learned. I also have, uh, like, the set that tow truck owners own where if somebody locks their keys in their car you can pop it out Mm. it's not for me but it's in case i ever go somewhere and someone else has locked their keys in their car because i can't lock my keys in my car i have one of those proximity keys if the key is near the car the cars will just open up right 
But it's it's nice. I've actually used it a couple times where somebody has locked their keys in their car and they're like, Vince? Yeah, I think they're called like Slim Jims. <laughs> well, the Slim Jim is the piece of <laughs> the, metal that you jam of... down there. And then the one that I'm talking about yeah. is like the sphygmometer, the the air, the blood pressure thing that they give you at the doctor's office. Yeah. You squeeze the ball and the thing expands and oh, pops no open the door. And then you like put a coat hanger down there. Well, you're if you, it comes with a coat hanger. You're no, <laughs> you're nothing if not prepared. That that I should have been. Yeah. Well, well no, somebody I mean, who takes great pride in being prepared, it didn't have a fully inflated donut or my air compressor with. Yeah, me. but we didn't get stranded sitting up there for hours. You were prepared enough. I was prepared just enough. Enough. Today's show Absolutely. is brought to us by Gary Sinise's Guide to Being an Uncle for nephews and nieces. You need Sinise's. Taylor Swift's overnight alterations. Sometimes you need a Taylor. Sometimes you need a Taylor Swift. And also by Andrew Jackson's eye drops. Guaranteed to get the red out. You'll have a trail of tears with Andrew Jackson's eye drops. They're only $20. That's a little dark. It, that's, <laughs> that's a little dark to be sponsoring a radio show. That's a little dark. Trail of tears. Okay, it's not funny. Speaking of the Indians, did you have a great Thanksgiving? So tomorrow, yeah. the, when we're recording yeah. this, it's Wednesday. Tomorrow yeah. is actually Thanksgiving. Yeah. But because my wife and I are both in the food service industry, we never get to have off on Thanksgiving. So we always do our Thanksgiving a couple of days beforehand. And so fortunately enough, you also happen to be here yeah. as your last night with us when we did our Thanksgiving. So we were honored to have you attend our, our Thanksgiving. Honored to be there. Food and was meet great. some of Diana's relatives who are all pretty cool and brought yes. over a lot of dessert. Right. But not too much dessert to dissuade Diana from getting a Krispy Kreme for you this morning. Of course. That was still not enough dessert. There's never enough dessert that you can have where you still... Turn down a Krispy Kreme. Turn down a Krispy Kreme. No, it was great. And so now I get to have two Thanksgivings. I'm going and home and having that one, It's too. interesting. Like, when you spend Thanksgiving all the time on the East Coast around a certain group of people, you get used to having the same stuff. You know, your turkey, your mashed potatoes, your stovetop stuffing, cranberry sauce, green bean casserole... All the staples, yeah. right? Then when I came out to Hawaii, there's also like rice. Yeah. Everybody has rice at Thanksgiving, which is like I... Doesn't compute. I cannot fathom the idea of rice going along with Thanksgiving. Well, it doesn't. Like You don't see people having rice at Thanksgiving on television. On te- <laughs> and <laughs> that's, that, the, that's, that's the proof. The, <laughs> that proves it. <laughs> that proves it. That's I haven't it. seen it on TV. It's not real. But yeah, everybody will always have rice. Mm. And because Diana's family is Cuban, they also make a big pot of like Cuban beans. But those and tostones. The, yeah, the plantanos, which is... Plantanos. Those are one of my favorite things in the world. Fantastic. And every time... That was the one thing that I would look forward to going over to Diana's family's house for Thanksgiving or Christmas is because her mom would always make those. Yeah. Which are like plantains. You can't do it with bananas, but a plantain is similar to a banana. It's a little bit more starchy. You and smush it. They're a little harder. You smush them down, and then you like in coat the them, pan. and you fry them. Yeah. And I remember having those as a kid at like um, it was like a Puerto Rican food stand somewhere. Yeah, I think it might have even been off of like Aramingo Ave or something like that in Philly. I remember being like, "This is amazing." No, I I, I remember one point when I was eating right in my life, found a really cool produce place. And started getting into how to cook and prepare each vegetable and taught myself with the plantains one time. Yeah. So, yeah, they're great. Underrated. You got to oh, seek them out. Here come the meat sweats. <laughs> now, where's that from? Here come the meat sweats. Is that Tracy Jordan's meat machine? No. Oh. oh here come the meat sweats. <laughs> I know. It's Joey. Oh, oh okay. Gotcha. That's Joey because he, like, eats all the turkey. Let me ask you this. 
when it comes to Thanksgiving, what are some things that you, do you have any Thanksgiving traditions that you like to do with your family? Mm. They're still close with like your brothers and sisters and stuff like that. Yeah, I would say the best thing that's happening is now that he's married, his wife's family has a big one. Like oh, a that's big, cool. they to the point where they like send out invitations in the mail oh, wow. for really? the things. Yeah, like it's a big deal for them. So I'm really happy that is that his idea or her idea? It's been her family's thing forever. Like they send out. That's what like her mom for Thanksgiving. Uh, my my, my sister in law's mom sends me an invitation to Thanksgiving. Wow. In, like in a card because there's like thirty or forty people there. So that's really fun. That's impressive. It's fun. It's that's a lot of people for a thanks for anything, but also for a Thanksgiving. It's big. I think everybody, whatever it is. But the point is, that's fun. Anything I ever did Thanksgiving wise would just be pretty straightforward. Yeah, I am a big fan of deviled eggs, though. Deviled eggs. Deviled eggs at yes. Thanksgiving. At Thanksgiving, yeah. I love deviled eggs, and I also make deviled eggs a lot. Yeah. Especially if you're eating, if you're doing like keto or something like that, and you're trying not to eat carbs, yeah. deviled eggs are a great snack where you just make like a bunch of them and then you like pop them every once in a while. Pa- are you a paprika fan? Of course. Yeah, you got to go paprika. And a tiny julienne piece of red pepper on top is a garnish. Ooh, fancy. And then a little sprinkle <clears throat> of paprika or uh, more specifically smoked paprika. Yeah, there we go. No, yeah. yeah you got to get the smoked paprika, especially if you're making like a Hungarian mushroom soup. Smoked paprika really puts it over the top. If... uh. Yes, I guess you can eat deviled eggs whenever you want, but for some <laughs> reason I have them associated with Thanksgiving in my I, brain. In my brain, really? Yes, they're associated with it. Maybe it's just because that's what my mom did, and I didn't think, and I didn't know that it was specific to me. Like yeah. for me, I always think about I associate deviled eggs with like a Fourth of July barbecue. Like yeah. I, I, I think of it as like you're grilling. It's like a barbecue thing. Where you're probably people, right. People got burgers and the hot dogs and fried chicken, and then you got like a, a big plate of deviled eggs, deviled eggs, and some some. Uh, dirt cake. Dirt cake. We were yeah. talking about dirt cake the other day, where it's just like crumbled up, like dirt cake and just a pile and icing, and you got little gummy worms in there. Yeah, I'm not. Dirt. Yeah, I'm not going there. I'll have one bite though. I do like the <laughs> idea of. I mean, I, you got to love the Thanksgiving sandwiches. Oh, they're the best. Yeah, right. The the post Thanksgiving Thanksgiving sandwiches. I enjoy that more than eating just the regular Thanksgiving stuff. Yeah, making the Thanksgiving sandwiches. I actually like that more. As do I, and that's part of the tradition that goes on at my sister in law's. Blah blah blah. Is that everybody after five hours of having dinner? Then everyone comes in and has like an unofficial a wet contest. T-shirt contest, a wet t shirt contest, and then and then <laughs> we ch- everybody like unofficially says, well, what. You got everything laid out. Make whatever panini you want. And then everybody tries to convince everyone else that theirs is the best. Any tips? Like, what have you seen that the winners in past years have done that puts them over the top? Well, I I don't think there is. Everyone just kind of argues. And then there is no winner. There is no real winner. Yeah, everybody's just like, try this. Oh, that's really good. Oh, try this. That's really good. I think mine's the best. I think mine's the best. All right, let's go watch more football. Mayo and then the cranberry sauce. It's a good, good tip. It's a good tip. So last year uh, I came... Because like, sometimes you, you wouldn't think that like a Thanksgiving sandwich, if you're going to have cranberry sauce and gravy on there, that it wouldn't need mayo. It does. Mayo is clutch. Agreed. Agreed. At last year, I came in with something out of the box, and it kind of hit And you guys are doing good. paninis. We're doing paninis. So they have a panini press? They have a panini press, right. Okay, and interesting. It's legit. Because yeah. I've always done like rolls. Yeah. But panini press is a great idea. It's legit. And smushes everything down, and then it's like a hot turkey type thing or whatever. Right, right. But last year I made you got these... cheese on there, and then you got like a melt, too. It's beautiful. Aspect to it. I made these cakes, right? So you just take like turkey, mashed potato stuffing, and form it into just what a cake, right? Right. Fry it in the pan. Just make a little cake, and then take a plate, gravy on the bottom, cake in the middle, fried uh, sunny side up egg on top. 
You're throwing an egg on top? That's what I did last year to just try and have something out of the box. Wow. Now, it was, let every, me it was say, a big hit. Let me say, Hawaiians would love that. It's so good. As as a re- as a Maui resident, I can say that that would resonate with a Hawaiian population very well. Because we'll put a fry. We love putting fried eggs on anything. You yeah. Put it on a burger. Put it on top of your loco moco. Put it on top of your ramen. Anything. All good. You. There's nothing that's that's so good that it can't be enhanced by just by a, a dippy fried, egg. You put a fried egg on top of it. Dippy eggs make the world go round. Adds protein. It adds a layer of richness. I love a runny yolk. That's so good. Yeah, for sure. Um, now, I've got a game for you to play. Ooh, okay. This is... Uh, I'm I scared. Wanted, I was looking forward to playing this with Chuck, but because he's not going to be here and he's go, he's missing the Thanksgiving episode, uh, we're going to play it today. All right? I'm scared. This is a game called Turkey or Turkey. All and right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you a name, and you have to tell me if it is the name of a species of turkey or the name of a city in the country of Turkey. Ooh, okay. All right. Sure. All right, so the first species one. Species of Turkey or a or city, city in, in Turkey. Turkey. Okay? Okay. First one, bourbon. City. No, it's a species of turkey. Damn. A bourbon turkey. A bur- uh, bourbon, yeah. It's a, uh, that is a species of turkey. I think I'm going to get a lot of those. Midget white. <laughs> a turkey. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> there's a city in Turkey called Midget White. Anta- Antalya. Uh, that's definitely a coin flip. I'll go with... Antalya. I'll go with Turkey. No, it's a city in Turkey. <sighs> Istanbul. I don't, believe, I don't believe you. <laughs> a city. That is correct. <laughs> Bursa. That's a sack. Bur- uh, Bursa. A uh, city. That is a city. Yeah. Very good. Trabzon. City. Correct. Mersin. Mm, Turkey. Oh, um, I was... didn't think you'd give me three cities in a row. I definitely thought it was a city. That was, yeah, uh, that was uh, Mersin. Is a city. Is a city, yeah. Normandy. City. No, Normandy right. is actually a type of turkey. Yeah. Although Normandy is the name of a city, it's act. It's not it's in turkey. Germany. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Well, I think we stormed the beaches of Normandy stormed in the World beach War II. In Saving Private Ryan. Uh, Ronqueris. Ronqueris. City. No, that is a that is a type of turkey. Royal Palm. Type of turkey. That is correct. Yes. Norfolk. Turkey. That is a turkey. Samson. <laughs> uh, city. That is a city. Very good. Yeah. Let's do one. <laughs> let's do one more. Rise. R-I-Z-E. Uh, city. That is very good. Yeah, I did pretty good. All right. Yes. John Quigley, you are the winner of, of turkey, turkey or turkey. turkey. So now you can, when you go home and you, uh, you have. Did they have a t-shirt for me on the way out? Actual, we do have a t-shirt on the way out. Okay, good. Good, good, good. It's uh, we're we're gonna make Tony give you his shirt. It needs to be commemorated. <laughs> now, you, when you when you're sitting around the Thanksgiving table, you can tell everybody that you won turkey or turkey, and talk to them about that damn banyan tree because that's all I'm gonna be talking about when I get. Oh back. yeah, so you saw a banyan tree for the first time. Yes, and you were like 
stopped in your tracks. You're like, yeah. what is that? Yes, it's a rarity. And it wasn't yeah. the it wasn't the banyan tree in Lahaina. Although I did explain to you the history of the banyan tree in Lahaina and how it was sort of like a, a Lahaina landmark and a yeah. big Maui landmark. Also, a good place to buy weed. But we were at Seven Sacred Pools. We were over at Ohio. Yeah. And you saw a banyan tree for the first time, and you're just blown away. And I mean, I I've just never cut. You, there's a lot of things that you've never seen in reality that you know exist, right? But I didn't know something like that could exist. Yeah, it's just. It's, and then we watched a little video on it to try and give it a little bit more context. I'm like, yeah. why doesn't every tree do that? That Apparently, looks like a very effective it's a type way. of fig tree. I never knew that. And the seeds come down from the branches or whatever. But yeah, I've never seen anything like that. Never even conceived it. Never came up in one of the many nature documentaries. Just accidentally in the background, right. I'm like, here's a monkey next to a banyan tree. Like, no, never. Which is really cool. I I didn't know I was that. Baffled by it. They come down. Uh, like they cut the branches go down and then go into the ground and create like a a second root system. Their own root system. Yeah. But the question is why do they come down from the be- to begin with? And right. I guess the branches have fig seeds in them and that's what happens. Yeah. Crazy. I never knew it was t- it was a type of fig tree. Nope. So now We're I'm going to like, next time I see a banyan tree I'm going to like look around and see if there's any figs on there and try to eat it. Yeah. Maybe not. I don't know if you, I don't it might be a very specific Risky. type of fig tree. Either way, it's super cool. I was very happy with it. Today's show is brought to us by Benedict Cumberbatch's Umbrella Patches. Got a leaky umbrella? Don't just patch it up. Cumberbatch it up. <laughs> David Spade Spades. Let Joe Dirt help you with yo dirt. Uh, Pierce Brosnan's earrings from Golden Eye to Golden Ear. Get pierced with Pierce Brosnan's earrings. John Ham's pork products. If it's not ham, <laughs> it's not pork. That's true. Uh, also, today's show is brought to us in part by Ryan Reynolds Wraps, available at your local pizza place, a former partner of Scarlett Johansson Stationery. Ooh, and now Blake Lively. Yeah. We were talking about that yesterday. Yeah, because he used to be married to Scarlett Johansson? Well, at least or, getting or the at goods. Least, or at least Ryan Reynolds Wraps. At least was, that, that company was a, a former partner company of Scarlett Johansson Stationery. By the way, Scarlett Johansson Stationery, still one of our sponsors, make every letter a Scarlett letter. Mm, yes. And also by most deaf hearing aids. Get less deaf with mo- with most deaf. They're black on both sides. You ever listen to most deaf? <laughs> a little bit. It's got an album called a little bit. on both sides. He comes out and he's cool. Him and Dave Chappelle are real cool. We should do a quick Morningwood. <clears throat> Morningwood is, well, I'm sure you, you've listened to the Biscuits and Gravy show before. And you also have called into the Biscuits and Gravy show before. On so, several So you are a yeah. long-time listener. You have called in. So this isn't your the first time that you have been featured on the show. I don't know if it's but, a featuring. But this is the first time that you're actually a guest on the show. And I got to say, we're very happy to have you here. Oh, when I heard that you were going to be here and that Chuck was going to be gone. And yeah. what, even if Chuck was going to be here, I would have liked to have had you on sit over there as a guest to be the third person. Actually, you would just be... You would be scrunched together, so you would both uh, share that camera there. Only when we have four people does somebody have to sit off screen and just... That, that person's the cuck. Just yell jokes from off screen. <laughs> They're cucking over there? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the cuck chair. The <laughs> <laughs> there is actually a... Ter- I think we can say cuck, right? Definitely it's can not say a bad cuck. Word. Not everyone knows what it is either. And if you want to get a kick out of something, and we don't need to elaborate on this, go on Urban Dictionary and look up alpha cuck. It's very... Interesting. Funny funny concept let's move um i'm also interested in what percentage of our listenership knows what a blumpkin is well we're having a debate about it we were we were we're having an ongoing debate about this uh it started the other day where i said i I feel like less people know what the word blumpkin means 
In general, yeah, I would say most people don't know what it means. But <clears> then we ran into some girl over at the Seven Sacred Pools, and and we mentioned a Blumpkin, and uh, she knew exactly what you were talking about. That may have said more about her than it does about the debate on how many people know what a Blumpkin is. That's true. <laughs> Based on what we know about how her brother felt about her. Right. Um, but we also, the cashier at Walmart did not know what a Blumpkin was. No, and we, we took advantage she of said, that for she, my amusement. She said that maybe I could find one at Whole Foods. And she's not entirely wrong. Right. I was like, uh, Vince, ask her if they have any Blumpkins. Just do it. <laughs> Just make me laugh and ask this lady if so, they sell Blumpkins here. And she said no, but maybe you could find one at Whole Foods. Like, oh, thanks for the insight. Thanks. I will I'm go. Gonna, actually, I think you're right. I will go do that. Uh, so let me let me play a little song to describe to you what the Biscuits and Gravy Show is all about. Cooking and comedy, watching stuff on TV, pointing conspiracies, biscuits and gravy. All right. So it's cooking, comedy, watching stuff on TV, porn and conspiracies. So I would be remiss if I didn't ask you, who's your favorite porn star? Because you're a cup, you're not that much oh. older than me, but you're like four years, three years older than me, between three and four years older than I yes. am. That's the type of thing that only makes a difference when it comes to certain things. And I think porn, porn stars is one, is of, one of those because yeah. when you're in your formative years, not to mention that my formative years, the access to porn was much grossly more less right. I came I did not I, grow up in a world where you could I, just get everything whenever you wanted it I was hitting puberty at a very fortunate time where there was like this porn renaissance yeah there you go it was booming up in the world um, I, where you could like go online and just type in boobs or something like you that want, as opposed to like four half broken VHS's that Brazilian you've been hanging on to for much. like 10 years yeah like an old scratch seat or DVD like, that still only like has like a, two tracks that work a magazine that you found in the woods yeah, and you've got it in a plastic bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, actually, that's real. I, I mean, I'm exaggerating, remember, like, but it's partially find, true. Finding like a porn magazine at like your friends. Yeah, I remember my dad, dad's yeah. couch or something. No, like my that. buddy's dad had them and in his bathroom in the ceiling. Oh no like, way! <laughs> and when we found out about it, it was the greatest thing ever. We'd go over his house and like go in the bathroom and just and he had a stack of them like this. Are your friends sick? This uh, they're uh, using the bathroom a lot. Yeah, what's he doing? He's in been there? in there for a long time. He's learning. All right? He's growing. It's it's a learning In more experience. ways than one. Dude, it has an actual answer. I'm almost embarrassed to say that it them. is a no-brainer, Jenna Hayes. Jenna Hayes. Numero uno. Okay. Love Jenna Hayes. I've never gotten over her. I never will. I went and saw her live. I touched her boobs in reality. Where did, where was this at? So a little strip club over in Bristol. Uh, they'll they'll do a thing where like porn stars will come in from time to time, and then they'll do a ten o'clock show and a twelve o'clock no show. No way! I know and that uh, that Stormy Daniels was doing that also. There's there and, and there's there's a whole network for it. Like it's happening. There's always a porn star there. Like almost every. What's week. the name of the strip club in Bristol? Uh, off the top the of your Risque. All right. Okay. Yeah, risque. With a Q. Yes. Yeah. And I uh, went over I'm there familiar. one night. I was like, Jenna Hayes, gotta go do it. Gotta do this thing. And she came down the stairs, and I swear she looked into my soul. How old was she, she at this point? She uh, 30, 30 something. You know, she wasn't in her prime anymore, but she, she was the, the room was still packed with people. She right. does she does a dance, right? For like 20 minutes worth of dancing around, getting naked this that and the other thing. And then she brings out merch and starts That's amazing. and starts rubbing it on the nether regions and throwing it out to the crowd. No way. And then Like a guitar pick. Yeah, just like, "Here you go, sweetheart." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, thank you <laughs> Did for you that." Did you get Jenna. anything? I did not get anything, but then she brings out some 
gargantic. She's probably five foot two, ninety five pounds. Wow! And she's got a bouncer who's six foot seven, a lot of three forty. A lot of porn stars are a lot smaller than you Boom. think they are. They're oh, very tiny, which helps with the aspect ratio of kind of like Correct, making yeah. things look bigger as well. Yes, absolutely. In addition to Jenna Hayes, is very good at that. So then she just took the bouncer around and just walked around the edge of the bar and got tipped by everybody. Wow. So I just took out like a handful of dollars and then she came over and took them with her boobs. That's amazing. So I was like, I touched Jenna Hayes' boobs. And I thought it was a big deal for a second. And then I went, lots of people have touched her boobs. It's, yeah. not, it's not something you should be like. But not everybody has appreciated it on the level that you did. When she came down, I swore she looked into my soul. It was like, I know so much about you. You know nothing about me. Right. But it felt like she looked right at me. I bet that's what and it made me feel what makes her a star slightly as well having that ability. But yes, Jenna Hayes, love her. That's amazing. Number one, excellent. I shouldn't like her as much as I do. I so I my first job was at a convenience store, and the guy that owned the store also used to own like a VHS rental store. He was just in, like a like a Indian guy who moved here from India, opened up a VHS store, not like a not like a big name one, you know, it's just right. like a corner, one of those corner no name VHS rentals. And he because had porn. because porn was such a big thing, was such a big part of that industry, they would have porn conventions, and all the people that owned VHS places were inve- invited to these porn <laughs> conventions. Right. And he used to tell me about how he would get invited to these porn conventions and like all the stars at the time would be there and you you would walk around and you got to meet all the porn stars and they would let you like feel them up and stuff like that. That's a good time, man. I was like, if only like, yeah, VHS rental was still a thing. Also, there's a lot of news going on about Ron Jeremy right now, so maybe we'll cover that next week for Morningwood. We'll tell you a little bit about what's going on with Ron Jeremy in the news. Um, but as for now, we're kind of starting to run out of time, so we, we got to do a spoiler alert real quick. I really wish that we had more time for spoiler alert because you and I are always on par with what we watch on TV and also the a volume, a sheer volume of TV that we that we consume. Um, we would we definitely have to talk about the new Rick and Morty episodes. <laughs> yes, episode season seven, episode five mm-hmm. was a huge lore episode <laughs> where they dealt with not only evil Morty but also Rick Prime, and they covered so much stuff in that episode. Um, what was your take on it? You, you saw it for the first time. You waited till you could come out here and watch it with me to right. see it for the first time. Yes. So I got to see your reaction. Uh, what did you think? I was floored by it. As a Rick and Morty fan. Not only was it great within the context of Rick and Morty, as you know, I'm fearful with Justin Roiland's lack of involvement departure, yeah. or what a departure, however he's involved. He's not there anymore. So I'm just like terrified that it's not ever going to be able to be anywhere near what it was. And also you were kind of disappointed with the first episode. So it was so already, you were kind yeah. of like on shaky ground there. Like, no, it's going to go away and never come back. But no, not only was it fantastic, not only did it make sense, it shows most importantly that Rick and Morty's still capable of putting out something that's mind blowing. And then we and you could be so excited about it, like the, 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 it still exists. And then we got to watch episode six together, right? And that one, that one also was a great follow up. So, like the last three episodes that they released have all been bangers. They've all been awesome, and that the clip show that they just did was just fall on the floor funny. Yeah, and I, I'm, I, it hate was a return to form of like the old, like the Morty's mind blowers and stuff like that. They balk. At wanting to do, I think they should just like get over it and do a clip show every year. But they, right. I guess they think it's hokey. Fine, whatever. 
But when they finally get around to doing one, right. I'm not embarrassed to say I well, love the, it. The, the train one I, I didn't care for, show. but the Morty's Mind Blowers, this, part of making those shows good is coming up with a good format to plug those all into. Yeah. Which is what I, why I really love Morty's Mind Blowers, because it's just a, a great way to do that instead of just relying on interdimensional on, cable. Yeah, but it's, it's also part of the show is that between the episodes that we get to see, right. they're supposed to be having adventures, right? That's right. So how are we ever going to get an insight into the stuff that's going on if they don't do friggin' clip shows? Exactly. So thank you for the new clip show. It was so good. And something that I hadn't seen before that you made me watch was the new Shane Gillis Netflix special, <sighs> which floored me. Yeah. It's... I've, I've always liked Shane Gillis, and uh, I feel like he treads that great line where people who are like anti-woke really like him because he's because he did get canceled. But he is not an anti woke guy himself. No, sir. He just <clears throat> he just doesn't compromise. You know, he doesn't mind being offensive as long as he's. Uh, we, we always say being offensive isn't as bad if you are funny first. You can say offensive things, but it has to be funny. And he's really good at walking that line of saying things that are offensive, but you know that what he's saying, he's joking about, and he's also hilarious. Absolutely hysterical. That, that I haven't been that excited about a comedy special in as long as I can remember. And I couldn't believe that Netflix put that on. I know. Because and, in this current climate, you know, Netflix is a little bit gun-shy right. about what happened with the whole Dave Chappelle stuff. Right. And they totally went for it, and it was like completely, there's some stuff on there i was like wow i can't believe netflix let them let him on yeah. with this not only did he get fired from snl then when he gets the opportunity to do something else that's large scale a netflix special you'd think that he might put his tail between his legs a little bit right how about no yeah. how about doubling down completely, and doing exactly what you want to do completely uncompromising but never punching down and friggin hilarious he's I mean, super funny there's nothing so Shane Gillis and from yeah. Philadelphia and from Philadelphia what more you could, could you ask for nothing dude and and so yeah absolutely fantastic special watch it anyone listening go watch it it's called Beautiful Dogs uh, Morning Show season 3 is out in its entirety I know you watched the first two seasons of Morning Show Huge fan. Um, I have not watched season three. I know though. you also love Jennifer Aniston. Who doesn't? Right. And she's, uh, Reese she's Witherspoon. On a, a, the same level as Jenna Hayes for you. I I would venture to say. I would argue that twenty five year old Jennifer Aniston. You know, season two of Friends. Right. Is quite possibly the most attractive female I've ever seen in my life. Uh, also. I know that you are a big Curb fan. There's a new season of Curb coming out in February. They just told us about that. Uh, Our Flag Means Death Season 2 is currently on HBO. Uh, I've been watching a lot of Columbo, as <laughs> as listeners know. And I know that you go to the movies a lot. You've been going to the movies a lot and seeing stuff that's in the theaters. Yeah. Uh, you just saw the Blood Moon. Killers the, of the Flower Moon. Killers of the Flower Moon. Oh, uh, Zelda, the, Zelda slip. Okay. <laughs> blood moon there was a blood moon earlier today, but it wasn't right. in the movies. <laughs> it was all you playing Zelda. It was me playing Tears of the Kingdom. There was another blood moon. Chuck never lets me talk about Zelda because Chuck's not a big video game guy. Well, but yeah. And you were never a big Zelda guy. But yeah. I was so happy that I got oh. you into Zelda because I wasn't sure if you were going to appreciate it on the same level that I did. And I got there. you had kind of gotten rusty on the video game's enjoyment. Yes. And as soon as you I'm started back. playing Zelda... The, the first one, Breath of the Wild, for yeah. Switch, you were immediately blown away. It well, took you a little while to work right. up to I it. had to figure out what I was doing. Well, I was kind of going blind. Once you realized what was great about it, you Forget got about into it. it. And yes. So 
for those of you who are hesitant about getting into playing Tears of the Kingdom or Breath of the Wild or Breath of the Wild, just know that it oh, can be done. It, it can be done, and uh, just you know, take the plunge. You'll thank yourself later. Right, but anyway, not Zelda. So, Killers of the Flower Moon. Well, we don't have pretty to good. talk about that anymore. It's pretty good. It's not great. <laughs> DiCaprio's good in it. It's a little too long from what I heard. It should have been shorter. All right. So now it's time to wrap it up. And we always wrap it up with a trivia segment called Chuck Stuff the Knowledge Buffalo. So this will be John Quigley's Knowledge Buffalo something. I did so good in the turkey thing. Now I'm going to get put back on. John Q's Public Information. How about that? Like John Q Public yeah. and your John Q. Okay. All right. Well, it's a stretch. I like it. All right. Our first question comes from Jen in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Jen wants to know, what pre- today's 1122. What president was assassinated on 1122? Lincoln. Lincoln is what you're going with? I can't even. I can't think of anyone else of the other four. It was JFK. JFK. Okay. There's actually a Stephen King book called 112263, and it's about James Franco goes back in time. And tries to stop the Kennedy It's not about James, James Franco. Franco. James Franco played the main character in the Hulu adaptation. Gotcha. All right, our second question comes from Mike in Tahoe. Mike wants to know, what is the name of the new Beatles song? We talked about oh, this briefly, God. and your dad made you listen to it. Yeah. Oh, no. And it's, it's very aptly named because it has to do with... Oh, Now and Then. That is correct. Yes. Very good. I knew that. All right, and our third question is always a sports question because, as you know, sports is Chuck's Achilles hoof, but you Certainly are not one mine. of the biggest sports buffs I know, Oof. hands down. Now this so is I had to knock it up a notch. I'm not going to ask pressure. you who won the World Series, but I'm going to ask you an actual sports trivia question. Fire away. What baseball player holds the all-time highest career batting average? Career batting average, and it's he not Tony He played for 24 Gwen. years, and his batting average is... Point three six six. It's an older guy. Oh, Ty Cobb. Ty Cobb yeah, is yeah. correct. Very good. Yeah, I got to think. And about uh, that means you got two out of three. You know what our deceased friend Meatloaf always says? That ain't bad. And that also means that that's the end of our show. Chuck will be back next week, and I'll be back in the co-host chair. John Quigley, you're one of my best friends, and I'm honored to have you here. And too bad I got to take you to the airport because you got to go home. I don't want to talk about it. But you get to see your dogs again when you get home. And uh, Chuck will be back next week. And from me to you, hello. Hello.